0: Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Amber Furman, and this is episode 40 of the More Than Corporate Podcast. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This week, I had a really cool conversation with Mia Hewitt. Mia helps purpose-driven entrepreneurs stop struggling, quickly discover the truth about themselves, life, and the business so they can crush it and create an extraordinary life worth living. Mia is the founder of Aligned Intelligence, a methodology that removes all blind spots, fear, anxiety, and self-doubt, leaving you feeling free to be me. This allows you to make accurate decisions by working smarter, not harder, so you can maximize your results in less time. Mia has co-owned and operated a seven-figure business, is an international speaker and a world-class business coach. Mia is excited to let you in on what successful people often know but can't explain by helping you live life's fundamental truths, making them simple and easy to apply so you can execute consistently and create your results beyond your wildest dreams. She lives an incredible life living her purpose doing what she's passionate about mia has run all five major world marathons and currently lives in boston and florida with her partner michael and their french bulldog buddha mia and i really dug deep into mindset and understanding the limitations that were placed on you as a child and are stuck in a part of your brain that you don't actively recognize are even playing an impact in your life This was a really cool conversation for me because I could really resonate based upon a lot of the mindset training that I've done and I think it's gonna be really valuable to you guys as well. I hope that you get a lot out of the interview with Mia. Before we jump into the interview, I wanted to take a minute to highlight the Facebook community that is growing rapidly called the More Than Corporate Community on Facebook. This is a place where we're able to interact with people who are listeners to the podcast but overall just individuals who are really working hard to find their own idea of success and live their best life. There's a lot of motivational stuff that goes on in there. There's also some interaction and conversations about everything from books that we like to read to overcoming adversity. And really a community is building there and I love the interaction and the energy that's going on. If you're looking to be a part of a community where you can really embrace being yourself and being authentic about who you are, I would urge you to head over and check out that community at the More Than Corporate Community on Facebook. I would love to have you be a part of it, and I'd love to have your input on what you think about the community after you're there. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Mia. Mia, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really Mm. appreciate it. Yay! I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I am so excited to have you here. So for those of you who don't know, Mia is a coach that created the Aligned Intelligent Method, and she works with people from all different kinds of backgrounds and really just helps them understand their true potential. She has an amazing book that we're going to get into called Meant for More, Stop Secretly Struggling and Become a Force to be Reckoned With. And I am sure that she's just going to have a huge amount of value. So I'm super excited for everybody here from you today.
1: Yay, it's gonna be fun. I I think (laughs) so.
0: All right, what I really like to do when I start these is just kind of start with where you grew up and what what it was like for you when you were kind of like high school age, if you wanna tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure, well I actually have a very diverse background. So my dad is Latin and my mother is American. So I look blonde, right, and I am blonde, but yet I grew up in the jungles of South America. So I have this really diversity of a background because um, in the jungle, like when I lived there, I was, um, I went there when I was five years old and they had never seen a white girl before. So they thought I was an albino. Some kids wouldn't look at me in my eyes because my eyes were like green and they thought it would capture their soul because they had never seen green eyes before. So like, you know, one thing that I was, I learned very quick because my parents didn't really think this through right when they when they would do things like this. They just kind of threw us into this um, all Spanish speaking school, but they never taught us Spanish. My dad never taught us Spanish, even though he was Latin. So. Literally, it was so, you you know, very traumatic for us that I remember one day my sister was crying hysterical. She wasn't where she was supposed to be when we were coming home, and my mom made us go back to the school to find her with her. And she said, you know, she saw my sister coming out, and she was crying hysterical out of the bathroom. And my mother said, what's the matter? And she said, I got locked in the bathroom. And my mother says, well, why didn't you scream? And my sister said, because I don't speak Spanish. You know
0: what? It's so crazy. So here's the first thing that comes to my mind. It sounds like a mixture of something that would come from like a satire comedy (laughs) film and like a horror film put
1: together. That's right. That's my life.
0: um, (laughs) I'm an immigration attorney and it's so interesting that you talked about that because I often wonder the same thing about my clients. Like when, Mm -hmm. not so much for the children, because normally the children speak English. um, I think it's a little different teaching somebody English than it is teaching them Spanish in a Latin America country. But I think that there's that same feeling of how do I act? How do I communicate with people? And because the parents don't always speak English and they haven't assimilated. I mean, you see, we've got Chinatown, you've got Latin America um, communities, and they normally go to doctors that they're familiar with and accountants they're familiar with. And so they never really kind of assimilate and that goes down generations. And so I'm super interested or interested to hear your take on like what it was like growing up in that environment, the other way around.
1: Yes, you know like I really understand like how people of color feel like when they walk into a room and you know they're the only person of that color. I know everything what that feels like. I had kids like always wanting to touch my skin and touch my hair, right? Cuz they had never, you know, felt someone that was like that before. It also taught me also how much we are all the same. Like, the funny thing is, is like, for me, once they got through, like, you know, my perception, right, we were talking about that, it's like my perception, you know, was maybe one thing in the beginning, but once they broke through that perception, they realized that I was just like them, you know, I was just a, a regular kid who wanted some, you know, people to like her, and wanted to have friends, and wanted to do some fun things. So, at the end of the day, we're really not that different. I will say, though, growing up in that environment, it really helped me understand how to quickly assimilate into any environment. Like almost to a fall. Like, I don't mean to do this, but I, if you put me in with a Texan, I will start talking Texan. Like I have an accent and everything. And my, my partner starts laughing. He's like, I'm like, Oh no, I did that again. Didn't I? I will pick up any accent that somebody is talking with me. I just will like, and they don't even notice it. This is only somebody who, who knows me knows I don't talk like that. But the person I'm talking to will feel like they're at home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, we were actually, before we, before we started recording, yeah. we were just talking about your ability to connect with people from all spectrums. Totally. And we were talking about niches in, um, yeah. where, where coaches want to put, or let's not talk about coaches. Let's talk about anybody, yeah. any business owner yeah, wants sure. to put them in. What is my target market? What is my niche market? Yeah. And for you, you've connected with so many different people from a different spectrum. And it's yes. interesting to me to hear you say that, because I think that probably has a lot of reason to do with why.
1: Yeah, totally. Like I can, I connect with, you know, women or men that all are, are truth seekers. Like my people are always, this is cause that's who I was. I've always been a truth seeker. I've always wanted to just know the truth. I just want, I was one of those why kids, you know, like, well, why, you know, why is the grass green? Why does the sun come? Out? Why are you not supposed to stare at the sun or <laughs> supposed to blind you? Well, why? Like I always wide my mom to death, right? Like wanting to understand how things work. Why is it? Why are those people successful? And we're not, why is it that you can be a really nice person and not be successful? Like, why? How is that? Why? I'm relentless, when it comes to why and understanding that. So I've always been a true seeker, which is why I also struggled for a long part of my life because nobody would give me any good good answers, right? Um, Until I learned, I will say this, until I learned that if you really want to know why something is, you have to ask the right people. I think, you know, for someone who is you know, built a multimillion dollar company now, and I've been, now I'm going on my second multimillion dollar company. I can honestly say that back then looking at myself, I was asking the wrong people those questions. So I shouldn't have been asking my mother. I should have been asking someone like, if you want to learn wealth, hang out with wealthy people, Yeah. Like, truly wealthy, not the ones that are trying to prove they're wealthy, right? And they're buying for show. I mean, truly wealthy wealthy people hang out with them because what we do what we do is we, the way we see money is so different than the way that I used to see money as a poor child right like I used to be poor as a kid so asking the right questions to the right people is really what will stop having you be a you'll really get the answers you're looking for but that's where most of my frustration was for most of my life is I would get I would have the people answering those questions didn't really know the answer, but they still answer them like they do. Right. I
0: wish (laughs) that I had like bold and capital letters for everything that you just said. Um, But I think it goes deeper than that too. I think this is why masterminds are so important. This is why getting to the right events are so important. Reading the right books are so important is because even if you ask those people those questions and they answer them, until you've put yourself in that spot, you're not capable of understanding the answer.
1: So well, I, love, I love what you're pointing at here, and, and here's why I'll say that even more. Um, you are 100% accurate. Let me just say this, because I, did a, um, I used to do a series called Inside the Minds of Leaders, and I would interview um, multimillionaires and billionaires, and um, you are 100% accurate in this. They do talk differently about money, but if you're wanting to understand how they, why is it they, they know certain things and how did they come, they cannot explain a lot of the things they do. I break it down into the science because I'm such a why person that I, I needed to understand the science and in everything, there's a science and an art. Does that make sense? Like, there's 100%. A, yeah. So in sales, authentic sales, there's a science to it. I'm going to give you the exact formula, but then I'm going to model it for you and show you the art of that so that you can then model it back because in true authentic selling, you, you, you know, in sales, you will never feel sold. Right. And you never, never
0: should. And as a salesperson, the people who say that yeah. they hate sales are the people that are out there trying to sell something that they shouldn't be selling. Yes. When, when you're selling something that you're congruent with, you're not selling, you're just sharing something that is important to you that you think will impact somebody else's life. I truly believe that if you have an issue with selling something, then either you shouldn't be selling it or the other person shouldn't be buying it because there's yes. something wrong there.
1: Yes, I, I feel that there's like a there's two parts to inside of that. It's either you know, you haven't been shown and it's completely no judgment, right? Because I, I wasn't a born salesperson, so you haven't been shown how to develop your ability of true sales. Like, let me give you an example. My mother, when salesmen, you know, I'm old, so when, when salespeople used to come to the door back then, you know, now <laughs> they don't do that anymore. I've never had a salesperson come to my door, but like back then, when I was a kid and salespeople, used to come to the door my mother would get violently angry like red in the face screaming at them and i remember as a kid going i don't know what that is but i don't want to be one of them
0: Right. right
1: And so now, you know, then, you know, here you fast forward, you know, we're poor. And um, I started working since I was 13 years old. And then I decided I wanted to go into business for myself. And at 18 years old, you know, you start thinking like, okay, I'm going to go do sales. And I remember like, well, those are the people she hates. And then like not understanding how to do sales. So there is a skill. And understanding how to to really authentically sell. So I do want to say that because there is a skill, there is a formula, just like baking a cake. You know, if you have the exact recipe on how to bake an apple pie, you're not going to get a carrot cake, right? Just not. So oftentimes they don't have the skill. Um, I will say, or they're selling something that no one really values, right? So like either they, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have a great enough value. So they're not understanding that the marketplace. And if it's something that somebody, a lot of people don't value, they're going to hear a lot more no's based on that. So there's like, there is an art and science to understanding the, the recipe, but it's not difficult. It's just that you've got to have really great people teaching you how to do it, because most often what's out there in sales is really more about persuasion. Yeah. It's convincing and persuading, which is all a form of manipulation, but what I'm talking about is completely coming from influencing, which is completely about asking the right questions, and determining what the what would really serve that person and then only offering you know, like basically only offering them something that they already want and right. you
0: know yeah no 100% yeah. and it all comes down and it, it's crazy because if you took the actual actions yeah and you looked at the two they may yeah. look extremely similar and what it comes down to is your intention 100% <clears throat> excuse me sorry about that um, 100% yeah. what it comes down to is your intention
1: yeah. Do you
0: really believe that this person needs, wants, or can use this product and that it can add value to them or service or whatever you're selling? And we have talked a lot about authenticity and showing yeah. up authentic. And I think yeah. that when the answer to that isn't 100% yes, you come off as inauthentic and that's when you come off as salesy yeah. instead of influential.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it really is all in And what I would say inside of that is one is coming from our ego when we come off like persuading and um, trying to manipulate and convincing. And the other one is really coming from our aligned self, like who we are as, you know, the real us. So one would be from authenticity and uh, providing value. And another one would be coming from our ego, which is, it's really important to understand the contrast of those two, because Every single person has that within them.
0: Absolutely, and Mm -hmm. when you talk about your aligned self, I assume that that is exactly where your aligned intelligence method came from—is being aligned with who you are.
1: A hundred percent. Like nobody comes to me and says, "Mia, I need alignment." Like not one person (laughs) ever says, "Can you just help me get into alignment?" Like they don't say that. But that's really. What they want when they say, I just don't feel free to be me, or I'm constantly, you know, I, uh, I'm always like trying to survive, or I'm tired of living in fear, or I'm afraid I'm gonna be found out. Like I feel like, um, you know, I'm fake or I'm being a fraud, or um, all of what they're really saying to me, like they don't know what they're saying because it's a blind spot for them. Yeah. But what they're really saying is, how do I stop living from my ego? And how do I start living from who I really am so that I can trust myself and trust life and really be a force, like really be the force that I know that I'm capable of being? And You know, there's
0: so much to unpack in that because I, yeah. I... Completely identify with exactly what you're saying. I resonate with it so much. Um, And there's so much that I want to talk about that you've mentioned. And the first thing that I really want to get into is you talked about um, when you decided that you wanted to go out in business on your own. Yeah. And you were seeing the salesperson and the person that your mom hated and putting those two together. And it just brings out how much we don't consciously realize that the things we experienced growing up impact what, how we think and what we do to just on a fundamental level. And this has to do with everything from money, how we value yeah. money, yeah. Um, how we value the things that we're going to do. Can you talk a little bit about how you pushed
1: through that sure. identity a little bit? Sure. Sure. So, and how we value ourselves, right? (laughs) Like how much we value ourselves or not value ourselves. Right. So let me give you the science first, because I think it helps, you know, for anyone who really loves to understand the why the science will really make sense. And then we'll put it into like how that is actually as a practical, but so prior to the age of seven years old as children, we don't have a conscious mind. We only have a subconscious mind. So what does that mean? That's why anything before seven years old, before that starts to develop, anything someone told you, you took as truth, even when it's not, right? So if somebody said to you anything, I'm just going to take my latest my latest woman who is my latest entrepreneur who is really struggling with valuing herself and feeling that people would pay her money for what she does. When she was, this is how young it is. When she was two years old, she, she went into a room where her grandfather was and three other men, and the uncle you know, had told her to come sit on his lap. And she felt a weird thing like maybe I shouldn't. This is two, two or three. So she ignored her intuition, she went on his lap, and he said some things that were inappropriate. And she felt like a trust was violated at that age. Now, these, this is all happening nonverbally. Now people might say, well, come on, she's two or three, how could she know? They're reading energy. Babies read energy. Everything is energy, right? So, this went in as a download. But here's the biggest thing I'm tr- I want to say. When the trust, she felt her, her grandfather should save her. She reached to him, like, hey, you're going to take me, right? Like, you're going to, I don't know what's going on with here, but I want to go over there with you because you're the one I feel safe with. And when he didn't take her, she felt like a trust was broken. Right? Makes sense. Right? Now, every single person, Every single person has experienced that trauma where they felt a trust was broken, right? Because children grow and they, they will go and they don't care about failing. That be, oh, failing only becomes an issue when you no longer trust yourself. So when you're when you can fail and you expect that your parents are going to be there and there's a total trust to explore your world, you will fail naturally because that's why you fell down so many times and didn't yell at yourself or beat yourself up when you got back up. (laughs) So when does it switch? Right? When does when do we stop exploring? It's when our trust was broken, and then to add to to really answer your question, that identity you're speaking about actually is the ego identity. And the ego is birthed, we, we create our ego out of a broken trust, right? That makes I sense. Know, I know this is deep for some people, but it will make so much freaking sense when you understand how you became who you are. Because if I don't help you see that, what happens is you, then you don't know who you really are, which is where the, the struggle is right? Because you're like, am I this person? Who's that head? You know, am I the voice in my head that says, who do you think you are? Or am I this person? You know, my, the voice in my head that says, you know, you can't do that way. All of that is ego. So that identity is not really who you are, but it is a false self that you created, that we all created. We all have one that we created during an experience where a trust was broken and we, ha- we thought there must be something wrong with who I really am because otherwise that wouldn't have happened, right? Yeah. So now we develop um, a way of being or a false self to try to survive our life so it doesn't happen again.
0: No, 100%. And I completely follow that. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's 100% true. Like how many times do we hear people say, um, I just don't want to be my mom when I grow up? Or I don't, and, and and it's all we know, right? Which is why getting out and pushing yourself into other communities becomes so important. The biggest thing for me to realize was that our brains can't tell the difference between fact and fiction. That's so exactly when,
1: that's that's why anything that's in subconscious mind. Now, in the conscious mind, um, so what you're describing there is is that's all programming. Right. So fact and fiction. That's why I'm saying prior to the age of seven, when someone said, "Oh." you know what are you stupid you really believe that maybe you were stupid because somebody said that to you and you took it as truth so that's that programming i'm talking yeah. about when we don't know the difference between fact and we're in the conscious mind that doesn't start developing till after 7 which is why as teenagers we're like i don't agree with that like we re- don't agree with everything someone says to us anymore right,
0: right? i and i think yeah. you know getting into the difference between the conscious and the and the unconscious or subconscious yeah. area is You know, in that teenager mind, you can verbally say, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. And then there's that little voice in your head that says, well, maybe you are.
1: And that's that's exactly the ego because if you don't understand how you created that, then what happens is that voice becomes what runs you. And so, you know, going back to your original question, it's like, well, how do, how does somebody like myself who had a lot of traumas, I mean, I have my mom, you know, doing that. And then how do I, how do I become a multimillionaire from somebody who was poor, who had a mother who hated salespeople to then go on to really loving sales, right? Like, how do I do that? is really inside of what I'm telling you. It's where, the, where everything came into alignment for me, right? Where everything started to make sense is when I started to understand these core pieces of what is that voice. And then once you understand it, And you can actually, like, it's completely healable. And I don't have that voice running anymore. Like, that voice does not run in my head. Um, People are often shocked. I've had, like, even high, you know, my high-paying clients that come through. And they, they get there. But at first, they're like, no, you're lying, right? You have a voice. And I'm like, no, I don't. Because when you heal the traumas that cause the voice to why that's running all the time, it no longer runs you. Right. So I don't have, so right now there's nothing talking in my head. I'm just fully present, exactly with you, listening to everything you're saying. And even some of the things maybe you're not saying, like I can feel everything of what's happening because I'm so here with you. I'm not thinking of something else or what's she going to say next? Or what are they going to think if I say this? Like there's nothing there. <laughs> I, I love to say that because we, because I used to suffer with that voice. Right. And, and if you're somebody who does, you, you know, you may not have ever heard anyone say that you can actually have that literally go away. Like, I'm not saying your ego is um, eradicated forever, because if you ever have some type of thing that you might ha- have that voice come up and say, are you sure about that? But you know what it is because you don't live from the voice. But, so you're not going to eradicate the ego. You just no longer live from it. So it No, doesn't- 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. that makes sense. I just want to make sure because I, I think that people have misunderstood that, like almost like I, you could never have your ego again. I've had people say, "Well, are you enlightened?" I don't teach enlightenment, although I'm very close to it. I think that people, um, the people that come to me, what they all say afterwards is like, "I feel like I have aw- I'm awake, I'm awakened." Like I, they know who they are, they can uh, achieve their goals. What occurs to other people as miraculous. Like, the, the, like I had a, girl, a woman, an attorney just recently um, where she had made her whole, I think I shared that with you, but she made her whole year goal in two months of working with me. So things that happen, people think can sound miraculous, but they're not when you really understand the science part, when you no longer have that piece running you, you get out of your own way, right? What's in your way anymore?
0: One hundred percent, and this is, <laughs> yeah. I think, the uh, the understanding of this because yeah. on a on a um, widespread social level, yes. this is just now recently starting to get talked about, right? Like on a psychological level, people have known for a long time, but it's yes. just now with like the coaching, maybe in the last ten years or so, that people have really started to bring this out into into a the line social line. level, which I think is where the increase of Personal life coaches and things to that effect have come because you can't get yourself out of your own way. It's impossible. It's I won't say it's impossible. It's so hard, and it's so much easier if you have somebody just kind of push you off the train tracks and get you going in a different direction.
1: Yeah, like well, you can't see. We can't see our own blind spots, and the ego creates blind spots because we don't actually know like that. That's the ego, and we don't know where it's actually coming from. Like, like. I show people how it's all how that experience of that woman being 3 she didn't even remember that experience until I recalled it but I showed her how that 3 that 3 year old trauma is what's stopping her from being the success that she really wants to be because oftentimes you know we don't we don't make that connection our ego would never make that connection right in the sense of it's not going to show us our blind spots so but when you free it when you literally go through that and then see how you completely change the way, I'm going to show you how to be successful through it. So you never have any, what I like to call open loops in our mind. So what happens is anytime we have this this broken trust or this trauma, it leaves an open loop in our mind, right? And so there's no completion to it. So it may not be a big deal right now when you're doing something, but you go to do something that looks remotely like that, where somebody feels a little weird to you. You're going to go right back into that open loop trauma and you're in a, a, you know, a self-sabotaging loop and you don't know how to get out of it. That's what I mean by that. So they are these open loops where I don't have any open loops. So that's the reason why I can really be fully present. Like the reason why, you know, that's why I say I can take what Eckhart Tolle says and really show people how to live it because, you know, he always talks about the power of now and being present, but it's like, I don't, I know that people have that more as a concept or an idea, but not really how to live that. Yeah. I know before I understood this, but when you no longer have any open loops going on, that's the reason why you can be so present. Right. And so really here, and that is the power of now. And why would anybody care who's a business owner? Because what happens when you do that is you know the right things to say at the right time, when to do it, so you don't miss opportunities. So, yeah. the, right? So the reason I'm able to be as successful as I want to be inside of that is because I can comp- I completely live and in flow instead of hustle. Yeah. Which is coming from willpower and pushing through and trying to break through and, you know, all of that kind of, which I don't recommend because that's, I get all those people who come from burnout. Like I have some people who are very successful and are miserable right? And then I have people who've never had any success and want to build success. So I help the people who have success um, stop living in burnout and really find real joy and satisfaction and, and love in their lives for the first time. And then how to, make, how to have success come from flow. And then I help the people who've never been successful, how to actually find themselves as well, feel free to be themselves and then make as much money as they want. So it's all going to come back to flow no matter what. But, um, yeah, I, I just coming I, back to your point. I agree with you that there, this is not been mainstream, although I've tried to make it mainstream. I've been doing this a long time. This is what I'm saying. Nobody's doing what I'm doing. Nobody's taking them back and associating it back. They just do a lot of reframes in the personal development, but I've gone to the top and the top. I, I went to two people who have over a million followers each and said, look, I have the way I don't need to be the spotlight. I'll give it to you. Just give it to your people because the world needs this. And they thought I was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and for anybody who hasn't experienced it, it, yeah.
0: it does sound kind of nuts, right? I do um, But it's so not. And it
1: isn't. It really isn't. If you understand the way us as humans function, right? And if you understand this from a science, you know understanding, and then why that is the way it is, it makes total freaking sense. No, it really does. Yeah.
0: What What's interesting to me is um, this podcast is obviously born out of this idea that you need to define your own idea of success, and yeah. what predates that is being able to give yourself permission to be authentic about what success actually means to you. And right. I feel like when we run into burnout, because I've been there, when we run into burnout, it's because we're chasing a mountain that we're not supposed to be climbing. And, and you have this part of your mind that's trying to protect you from going down this road. And then you have the other part of your mind that society has kind of Molded, saying yeah. no. This is where you need to go because this is what success is. And as soon as you give yeah. yourself permission to identify what you really want and what is yeah. aligned with you, yeah. and then you start chasing that, burnout doesn't become as big of an issue. Can you talk about how you address that with your clients?
1: Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a great one. So so burnout always comes from force, and there's a big distinction between force and true power. So true power, and if you think about it like this, like true power is like gravity. It just is. So it's not using force, right? It's actually going with the universal laws or going with the flow rather than trying to fight against the current, like going with the river. So you can have everything you want, but you have to understand the way things really work so that you align with the way things really work, instead of trying to fight against the you know the current or against the way it works. So the here's the biggest problem, though I want to point out. in our society we don't reward people who don't struggle. So one hundred percent. I yeah.
0: like I, I just want to pause for a second. I, I I'm going to let you go forward, but I think that yeah. that needs to be drilled in. Like, yeah. I, I, I just, I can't say enough about it because how many times have we heard like, who am I without my struggles? Like you take away the struggles and you don't have an identity. It's like, so any, I would 100% agree with you. Yeah,
1: exactly. The ego doesn't have an identity because see the ego has to, oh, is, so I always say to Michael, like, you know, you're, you're not insecure. Your ego is like, you're not insecure. Your ego is when we think we're not enough, we're always looking for validation from outside of ourselves. The problem is, is the reason why it's burnout is because it's not coming from alignment of who you really are. That doesn't mean you can't have everything that you want, but you're not. If you try to push against to try to get outside people to agree with you or to try to prove you're good enough because you need to struggle because we don't reward people who are not struggling. So the problem with that is we don't have a lot of role models for what it looks like to build success, like millions of dollars from flow. We really don't. Like we we have very little of that, very little of that. And I have said, I will say this, I have had people come to me and say, get scared, right? Because they're like, if you take away that voice, that reason why I'm so successful is because of that voice. Because I've always been trying to prove that I am good enough. So if you take the voice away, what if I don't want to do anything, but just sit on my couch? Like they really get scared, which I love because it is because that's the ego still speaking. Right. But, um, I love that because I said to them, what would it feel like if you could have all those results and not feel like you're not good enough? What would it feel like if you could have all those results and still feel fulfillment and joy and love? What would that feel like? And they're like, I don't even know. I've never allowed myself to think that. Exactly. But that's how, how easy it would feel, right? If life was so easy, it could actually be fun, right? And when we make it fun and it becomes a game, then we're doing it for what the, what the you know, the spiritual people have always said, for the joy in the journey, right? Because then the journey becomes joyful because it is about the journey then. <laughs> yeah. Because we know we're going to get it anyway, Like it's, but we don't have to suffer. So- yeah, there's a couple of things inside of that. So another thing I want to say about that, because I really love what you mentioned there, is so when we go to think of what it is we want to achieve, where we're the problem that stops people all the time is and think about this. So when we go into when someone says, like, let me just ask, because I'm doing my planning for 2020. So it's right fresh in my mind right now. I'm planning out my whole year. And so it's like if, you know, most people, when I teach this to my back end people, like how we're going to do the 2020, they'll say, they'll want to say, they'll want to go, like if I say, well, what is it that you want to achieve? What's the number, right? Because we're going to start with the goal and then we're going to start with the end in mind and then come back and apply the strategy and the and the tactics, right, to the goal. So we're going to start with the end and then apply how after. But oftentimes what happens is from from the idea of of the desire, well, I want to hit this number. The very next thing that happens is they go, but I don't know how to hit that number. Meaning they go into their programming and go, but I don't have a formula for that because I've never been there. Well, here's the thing. You're not going to have the formula if it's a new creation. You if if you already had the formula, you're not reaching high enough because that means you're going into programming and just justifying more of the same. I'm asking you to go outside of your programming and get you know put a number to it, and now we're going I'm gonna show you how to raise your standards to come up to your desires rather than Lower your standards to, or settle for, you know, lower your desires and settle for your you know, settle for where you're at. So we don't want mediocre, we want to be able to, to take our desires, because this is what stops people, is they have a desire for X, but they have a belief that says Y. Yep right so what happens into the, so can you feel like that has me be crux if i'm if i have a desire for this and uh, you know but a belief that says this i'm going to be in conflict with myself so my, then my only two choices i have is either one i have to raise my my standard raise my belief to equal my desire or two i have to lower my desire and settle for what my belief is that's the only there's only two options you know? <laughs> Right. So, you know, most people have never been taught how to really create a belief on purpose. You see, most people have never understood that there's an actual science to how you create a belief. And how do you create a belief in purpose? It's like how you created anything that you believe. Because there are many, think about it this way. Um, I mean, I'm 51. So it's like, if I think back to like, look at for yourself, like the beliefs you had when you were a teenager, there are some beliefs that you don't have anymore. Right. Thank goodness, but isn't like a holiday, yeah. right? But, but how is that possible? How did, you know, because most people think a belief is fixed. Right. They don't understand that beliefs are not fixed. All a belief is, is a habit of thought that you have internalized, made it into an emotional set point. And, and that is what has made it uh, true for you. So all a belief is, is a habit of thought that you keep thinking and internalizing right? To add emotional yeah. meaning to. That's what made it a belief. That's why there were for 2000 years, they used to do bloodletting. They would cut people when they were sick because they thought if they let them bleed, they would heal them. It was erroneous. But for 2000 years, they did it for 3000 years. They believed that epilepsy was um, being possessed by the demons. I mean, these are erroneous. Yeah. But, but 3000 years, people believed that. I say this because how many beliefs you think that our society lives that they think is true, that is not true.
0: 100%. And actually, this goes full circle back to what you were talking about with getting yourself around the people who are doing what you want to do. Because your beliefs, so much of your beliefs are based upon your perception of what is possible. And when you see somebody, when your belief says X isn't possible, yeah. And then you meet somebody and they're doing X, yep. something has to change. And what can change is either, okay, X is possible or yep. a new belief creates that says, oh, X is possible for them, but not for me. And yep. now you have to reconcile why that's the case. But each time you have that change, you get closer and closer to believing that X is possible. But if we never put Absolutely. ourselves in a place where we're challenging our perception of the world, then those yep. beliefs never change.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's why if you understand the science and how to do it on purpose, then this becomes like a recipe. It's like, okay, there's nobody would ever say if they followed a recipe on exactly how to bake an apple pie that they would expect to get a carrot cake. No, one hundred percent. ever say that. So, but there is no difference between that and creating a belief on purpose, making a million dollars, having the love of your life. It's all there is. A form. There's a recipe for it all. (laughs) No, one hundred percent. Yeah, And
0: I want to take this into the action realm for a minute while we're on this topic, because I think that it's so important. You mentioned talking to somebody and they're like, oh, but I don't know how to do this. And particularly I'm going to use myself as an example, because um, I've been wanting to learn Spanish for God only knows how long. And I practice immigration and I still don't know Spanish. But every time I try to talk to one of my clients in Spanish, that voice in my head goes in saying, you're going to sound stupid. You don't know how to do this. And so when I want to talk about failure for a minute and I want to talk about the willingness to put yourself out there and not know the answer because I think what happens and, and this is particular for me in the example. And then I want you to talk about it with your clients is when I put myself out there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, my client's going to think I'm such a moron because I don't know how to talk in Spanish. And then I like butcher whatever I'm trying to say. And what happens instead of them shunning me is them saying, they laugh a little bit and then they appreciate the fact that you tried. And then I know a little bit more Spanish. And so, but that would never happen if I'm not willing to push myself out of my comfort zone. So when your client looks at you and says, I know I can do this. I just don't know how and I'm frozen. Can you talk about the action steps to get them unfrozen?
1: Yes. Well, first of all, it's always in the trauma. Like, I know it sounds like like you'll hear me say the same things over and over again, but it will always come from the broken trust of the trauma that's really causing us not to want to go outside of programming, right? To stay safe and comfortable because of the way we became to survive that experience. So when we heal that, it it really feels like a thousand pounds just came off of us. So it doesn't feel like it could be related, but it always is. But I want to answer also even more what you're asking inside of that because your question is a really great question so it's always trauma but then inside of that what really is failure it's not failure that people are afraid of it it really isn't it's the fear of what people will say about them when they fail it's 100%. the fear
0: 100%
1: yeah so it's really the fear of other people's judgments so i always want to clear that up because that is a big misunderstanding in personal development and in self-improvement and all that that it gets spread by the masses and that it's really the fear of failure it's not failure it is the fear of other people's judgments and that's what of people watching them fail and then what they're going to judge them for that's what stops people and so you know it's understanding a few things and when you get when you get this trauma and you understand everything everything just makes sense but The truth is, not what people believe, but the truth, the truth is that every single human being has had their own trauma, right? Now, how do I know this? Because I know exactly, I helped them see the day they created their ego, right? Not one baby is born with an ego. Thank God we probably would reject them. (laughs) They'd be like Chucky or something, you know, like, no, I don't know what's wrong with my right, but it would be weird, right? If it was born with an ego. So not one baby is ever born with an ego, right? So where does the ego get created, right? Through the trauma. The trauma that happens to the child is when the, the ego gets created. So why is that important to understand when it comes to understanding all this? Because that ego, when the birth of the when we create an ego to survive a trauma. We don't realize this because we were two, we were three, we were four, we were five. It's always under the age of seven, right? We don't realize that that created a perception of reality, right? A keyhole by which we live our life through this perception. It's not reality. Reality is out here. But the perception is right here, right? It gets narrowed in and our view becomes looking through a keyhole. Now, why does this matter when it comes to the fear of people's judgment? Because everybody's living in their own keyhole. So it is the most asinine thing (laughs) to try to think we're we're going to be able to control someone's keyhole that they created when they were three or four, because the truth is it's in their own creation. It's their own perception of reality. It doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it reality right and so when you really understand that not just as a concept but when you really get it in your own body it's the most freeing experience that I would love to give to anybody who wants it because it's what set me free I don't worry about people's judgments I don't there's it it means nothing to me it means nothing and that doesn't mean don't get me wrong because um, I'm really being sincere with this. I, I'm not in my ego when I say that. So I'm not coming from, well, I really care, but I'm just going to pretend I don't care. I really am free of worried about their judgments. That doesn't mean that I, don't, um, I wouldn't ask or don't care to see if there's some ways that I could communicate better with them and create a better impact and influence. But I'm not depending on them for my approval.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think that that's something that really needs to be drilled down because my story really started with Brene Brown. And so I have consumed all of her content. And probably one of the biggest things that really sticks in for me from her is the idea that um, I'm not paralyzed by your opinion anymore. I know it's out there, but I'm not paralyzed by it. And what she talks about in this idea of the arena is I know you're here, But if you're not also in the arena getting your ass kicked, I don't care about what you have to say. And that to me is that freeing idea. Like She talks about the idea that I don't care what anybody says is just as dangerous as I care what everybody thinks about me. And you've got to be able to know people are going to have their opinions and understand that those are their their opinions, not reality, and not allow them to impact how you live.
1: Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I, I will say because I've been in this business a long time and I will say there is a lot of people at the top that are still in their own ego. They're just really good at either not acting like they're not or they're really good at and and because here's what we don't understand. Most people don't understand, but there's two sides to ego that everybody has. So there's superiority ego, which is what most people think of ego, which is where they, if you, if you would have asked me back then, like, you know, years ago, oh, well, you're just in, you know, you have an ego. I've been like, no, I don't. I'm not arrogant. I assumed people who had an ego were people who were arrogant, prideful, and I'm not any of those. So I didn't think that I had an ego. But what we don't understand is ego can also be inferiority ego, which is not good enough. Trying to do, you know like um, trying to prove worthiness, um, overthinking, constantly doubting ourselves. It can be like there's like a whole there's that spectrum, right? It doesn't go just from arrogance to nothing else. There's a whole lot la- you know, and so I would say that. Um, when you're talking about Bre- Brene Brown, she's on the inferiority ego that she's you know, wanting to overcome, not the superiority Correct. ego, right? So <laughs> we have our um, president who's really does a great job of showing superiority ego. No matter what side of the fence you're on, it's not a political thing I'm making a point of, but like just in the sense of like where he's at, he goes to superiority ego all the time, which is why he is so hated, right? Um, but you know, at the same time, it's like, we've got inferiority ego or superiority ego. The point that I'm wanting to mostly really point at here is people don't think there's another way because they don't have a model for it. But when you heal the trauma, you actually don't live in ego at all. So that means I'm not in inferiority ego, trying to compensate or, you know, um, or avoid or hide. I'm not hiding anything. And I'm not in superiority ego where I feel like I'm dominating, trying to control and forcing either. (laughs) So people often go, how are you so powerful? But you don't use, you don't, you're not forcing this Um, because real power is really like gravity. It just is. I love it. You just be a force to be reckoned with. You're not having to use um, something to compensate or prove anything. You understand how things work and you don't make them mean things, and you're able to reach outside of programming, decide what it is you wanna achieve, and then you know go after it in the sense of enjoying the journey. Like you're creating it as a belief first, so it's not like you're waiting for something outside to happen to validate it. You're, you know how to bake the apple pie, so you're creating it, and I'm already enjoying the result far before that reality happens. Yeah. Like I've been enjoying the journey. Like I, kn- I can declare something and it will show up meaning like it doesn't mean I'm not taking the actions, but I can, I, I played a game one time with myself. I'm like, I want to make, I want to make, um, um, see I did cause I just helped somebody uh, another woman just recently create $40,000 in two weeks. But mine was, I wanted to create at that time. I wanted to create $30,000 and I said in 10 days or less, and I did it in seven. Right. These are just games in the sense of, you know, it's just a game. Um, You can, when you understand how things really work, um, we make it really hard when we try to follow what society has said, which is not true as the guidelines of how to create something, right? right? It doesn't have to be a struggle. It's not, it doesn't have to be hard. In fact, it's actually easy um, and then what normally comes up for people, because what happens to people is if they came in with the fear of failure, once I heal that, then they go, oh my gosh, I can totally believe I am can be successful now. But now what if I'm successful and I didn't struggle? Like I feel guilty. Yes. Right, so now I got to heal. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, 100%. It's, it's a spectrum and yeah. and yeah. it's so important. And yeah. I was actually just talking to somebody else about this the other day because he wrote a book. And yeah. I did a, I did an interview with him and he said, you know, my my growing up, like I didn't have a lot of the trauma and the struggles that you would think of people who wrote a book. And I'm like, that's why you're the perfect person to write a book. Because yeah. like, I feel like we get in this situation where people think that their struggles aren't big enough to talk. That they don't have anything to share with somebody else um, because their struggles weren't as bad as this person's struggles. And I wish we could get out of that mentality.
1: and And I totally, you know, totally dissipate that because every single person has a trauma. So trauma is in the eye of the beholder. And a real quick example or story of that, I have, I have a great one for that is because I happen to have worked with a guy who's a twin. And so when he, when he came to me, you know, he was always struggling to make money. If he made money, he would lose it. He just had never been successful. And his twin brother was extremely successful. Right. And so he said, and I said to him, okay, so like, you know, what I do first is I'm going to help you heal anything that's in your way. So we can really go have fun and make a lot of money because if I don't do that, you're just going to still sabotage. So I said, take me back. And I was saying, you know, what is your earliest memory? I was telling him about, you know, a trauma. And it's everybody's thinks inside of what our society thinks is a trauma, which is you have to be severely beaten or or sexually abused. And he was neither of these, right? So I said to him, no, 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 trauma is in the eye of the beholder. It's wherever the trust was broken. So anyway, long story short, he then remembers a situation that happened when he was three years old and it was with him and his brother, right? They're twins, remember? So same age. Same thing that happened. So the mother comes in in the middle of the night and she goes, hurry up, hurry up, get up, get up. He said he was three and get up, get up. I want, I need you to come in and get under my bed. Your dad is coming home and he's drunk and I don't want him to hurt you. He was so scared that he said he, first of all, he never even realized um, that his dad could ever harm him. So it was the first time that he ever like understood that, what do you mean? My dad could harm me. And she was petrified. So he was so scared that when he went underneath the bed, he blacked out. Wow. His twin brother never made that mean anything. That wasn't his trauma. And he went to sleep and everything like, as if it was just like no big deal. And the next day, he says he remembers like being, like they started calling him the sensitive one because he started crying often. Oh, wow. And he always felt like something bad was going to happen over his shoulder. Like he always had to keep looking over his shoulder because something bad was going to happen because that's how he felt when she woke him up out of that state, right? So he internalized that trauma. So once we healed that trauma, he went on within two months, he became the number one sales person in his company. Um, and then he went on to like about uh, four months after that, he opened his own business. This is a man who had never been successful before. Right wow. So it is amazing when you understand trauma, how trauma is in the eye of the beholder. It's only when a trust was broken. And that's why, to your point, the disservice we do, our society. Is because we reward people who struggle, and you know, we, we look to those that have been severely beaten or almost killed or sexually abused. And I'm not saying those aren't traumas. So please don't misunderstand me, right? That, that is a trauma. Um, but we don't realize that trauma could be either a parent or a sibling who is extremely fucking moody. Yeah. And you're walking around on eggshells all the time to survive. Like trauma is any broken trust right? Yeah. So that's the misunderstanding that people don't have uh, or, you know, that they have, people have that they don't understand. And that's what keeps them thinking, well, it can't be them. It right. might be. So then they start thinking there must be something wrong with them. And they always, and there's not been one person who has ever come to me that didn't feel like um, they were completely alone and they were the only one like that they, because every single one of my people says, you know, I'm all alone no one gets me, right? Um, Because this trauma will create that. And because it's not in the perception of reality that they think is a real trauma, they don't even associate that to being a trauma. So then it'll be a blind spot.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So for everybody listening, I mean, obviously this is deep, intense stuff. And I'm sure that you go into it in much more detail in your book. Can you tell everybody where they can find your book?
1: Sure, sure. Um, Download it for free. Like, you you know, it's on Amazon right now. And I know my publicist is going to kill me for giving it away for free. But I really (laughs) want people to get it for free on my website just go to www.mia m-i-a and then my last name is hewitt h-e-w-e-t-t people get that wrong all the time they think it's i-t-t but it's e-t-t just go to my website miahewitt.com and then download it for free um and read it because um, i'd love to hear people's thoughts you cannot offend me um so even you know critiques and so forth um in listening you know reading the book um, and let me know what opens up because I told it in a story format, like it is my story, but I told it in a way so that people could follow along and really it will, un, like what it actually does is um, it unravels all of the misunderstandings and misconceptions we have in society so oh that nice. it'll start to, yeah, so they can see the truth.
0: Love it. Well, I have greatly enjoyed this conversation and I think it's going to be a lot of value for the listeners. But before we go, I'd love to give them an opportunity to get to know you a little bit more and do a quick random round. Are you okay with that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right.
0: So other than what you currently do, what profession do you think it would be fun to attempt?
1: You know. I know people laugh at this all the time, but I think I'm only good at this one thing and I freaking suck at everything else. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I would I would be lying. Uh, like what if I could just choose anything, even if I'm not talented at it, because I, right. I suck at singing, but I think I, I would love to be a singer, oh, but I, awesome. I don't know how to sing.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why?
1: Oh, you know, I'm a Game of Thrones person. Like, I am such a Game of Thrones. There's something about that time that appeals to me. You know, I don't know why, but um, the medieval times have always appealed to me. Like, I love shows like that. So definitely a Game of Thrones person. Um, I'd like to, you know, be the the mother of dragons. (laughs) Love it. Um, What personality trait do you think has been most helpful
0: to you in getting you from childhood to where you are now?
1: Honestly, um, until I learned all this and why I struggled so bad and really understanding trauma, the the personality trait that most helped me the most is because I learned to fit in like really fast, kind of like a chameleon. Um, I really felt like my, I had a best friend one time said to me, you're the strongest woman I've ever met because she knows all the traumas I've been through. And I said, no, I'm just the ultimate survivor. I'm like the coyote. The coyote is actually, this is true, right? The coyote is the only animal that it will literally change its entire diet to adjust to its habitat. So that's why they're found in New York City, because no other animal will completely change everything and the coyote will. So I always really related to them. Like I'm like, I'm just the coyote.
0: (laughs) I love it. I didn't know that. So there's a tidbit of information for you. Yeah. Yeah. When you're reading books, do you prefer listening or audiobooks or do you need the physical book in your hands?
1: Okay, I'm, I know I just told you I wrote a book and everything, but I'm going to tell you book is book, reading books is not the way to get this. Okay? And I know I'm going to seem I'm going to sound like I just contradicted myself, but I really want to really he, I want people to hear this. The biggest mistake I made is thinking you could really get it out of a book. And the reason I say that is It's a totally different world to read something and have it as a concept and another world to actually know how to live it in practicality. So I would recommend people, like I don't buy books to actually think that I'm going to get it out of there. I have, if there's, I'll buy a book just to see if I really believe what this person is saying and then I go hire the expert to really teach me how to actually live it. So I've spent probably... Almost close to a half a million on my own coaching, just from experts. Not that what I do is not what they do. Um, my methodology is not anything I've ever been taught. It's what I found worked when nothing else would. But there are people who are brilliant, like um, in productivity, or brilliant inside of like when I wrote my book, I hired, I went and hired um, a woman um, who's known and you know that r- helps you write a best-selling book in nine weeks or less. So I'll hire an expert to understand um, exactly how to do something rather than think I'm going to get it. And she wrote a book, but I'm, I'm one of those that um, I have found that most people don't understand. And this is where my wealth mentality comes from, right? From understanding how you really grow real wealth. Most people don't value their time. So what they will spend in so much time trying to figure it out themselves, Rather than learn it from an expert and then go on to create more money to sell their time, so when I hired the woman who taught me how to write a book in nine weeks, I had my choices were between I could hire a ghostwriter and she told me that would be ten months for for twenty thousand dollars, or I could hire this woman and she was basically fifty. And when it all comes down to it, she was like fifty five thousand dollars, but she was going to teach me how to do it in like nine weeks with a whole end. I chose the 55,000, yeah. learned how to do it in nine weeks um, and so forth in order to really master that because I wanted to be able to give it to my entrepreneurs with my, like only just her, her simple formula. And then I was going to do it the way that I would do it, which is from alignment, which she doesn't know. So right. does that make sense? It's like, no, it yeah. does. Okay, and good. I,
0: I agree with you. I mean, I'm a huge reader and I think there's a lot of value to be done in, to be found in books. But, um, I think that, you have to actively read them. And so like people read books and they think, I'm going to get everything from reading this book. The value comes from figuring out how you can implement what's in that book into your life. And that definitely goes faster if you have somebody guiding you in how to do it. So I agree.
1: 100%. 100% because you can only, when you read a book, you only have awareness, but awareness doesn't equal results. You won't get results from awareness and you can test it for yourself. How many people do you know that know a lot, but don't live what they know? Absolutely. If you're not going to get it from awareness where the problem is, is that because of your blind spots, everybody's got blind spots because the ego hides in blind spots, right? So the problem is when you read the book, you're reading it through your own filter of blind spots. So the problem is, let's say, and, and I'm just going to clean this up for anyone listening, because I, if there was one thing I wish somebody would have told me a long time ago, there's this. There's never been a person who comes to me that has the right problem. So whatever your problem is, whatever you think the problem is, if the reason that you, it stayed a problem for you is because you have the wrong problem right? You know it in your business, right? The people who they come to, they come to you thinking they have this problem only to find out they have this problem, right? The problem is, is that we can't see our own blind spots. So that is such a big one in the sense that once you understand that you never have the right problem. Otherwise, if you had the right problem, Then if you apply what you know then is, you know, because if it's the right problem, there will be a solution. So for every problem, there's an equal and opposite solution. So the only reason it stays a problem is because there's a blind spot.
0: Yeah, and I, I think to kind of put that in a visual representation, because this is what I see in my head. And Nobody wants yeah. to get in my head. It is crazy in here. <laughs> but um, yeah. I kind of see like no whack-a-mole word. problems, right? <laughs> like you have this problem pop yeah. up and you like whack it down and then yeah. something else pops up until you find what that underlying machine is underneath. That's, that's what causing I'm talking about. All these whack a moles to come what up, I'm right? And you spend yeah. all of your time like beating the crap out of these plastic moles. And really the problem is you just got to shut it off at the bottom. But
1: this is what I'm talking about. So what you, what people, re- so you nailed it perfectly. The reason they have the wrong problem is what they're seeing as a problem is not really the problem. It's the symptom.
0: Right. So until
1: they hit the underlying cause, the problem to the symptom just keeps occurring in a different form, different place, different person, but the same fricking problem, right? Until you address the root cause of what is creating that problem. Once you address the root cause, the problem no longer shows up. 100%
0: 100% you are talking yeah. my language lady and yeah. I could talk to you all day about this. But, um, before we close yeah. this up, yes. why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media if they want to connect?
1: Absolutely. Um, I am always hanging out on my Facebook page. Um, so definitely come to it's Mia Hewitt, the awakened entrepreneur, um, or on Instagram, which again, it's Mia Hewitt. And then it's the, you know, it'll say, once you go into Mia Hewitt, it'll say the awakened entrepreneur. Um, so I hang out there. I'm the one that is the one talking to everybody. My assistants only help me post the stuff, but I'm the one always chatting with everybody in the comments and talking and asking more questions. So It's it really is a real person like it is me. I answer and talk to everybody. Um, People are always amazed by that, but I have incredible conversations with people through my Instagram and through my Facebook. So definitely, I'm like really really approachable. So if you have a question or something didn't make sense, or even if you're pissed off, like the thing I always say to people is if there is something that pissed you off about what I'm saying or where is, that is where the gift will be for you. Like look there is what I'm going to tell you. Like whatever is pissing you off anywhere in your life where you're constantly being triggered and getting pissed off. I promise if you are willing to look there, it will be the truth that will set you free from what it is that you've always wanted to know that you've been looking in the wrong direction. That's where you'll find it.
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. I think this has been fantastic.
1: Awesome. So great to be here. Thank you so much for having me.